Turn with me to Romans chapter seven. Chapter seven. We are almost to the summit of the mountain. Summit of the mountain. We can see it. We can see it. And we will soon get there. This morning, Romans chapter seven. Chapter seven. The almost disparaging struggle against sin is the experience of every truly born-again believer in Christ. You show me someone who claims to be a believer that says, you know what, I have no problem with sin. And I'll show you someone that is deceived. All Christians All find themselves Christians find wanting themselves to do what's right, do because, what's right because of Christ who lives, Christ in, us. Who lives in us. Uh, as one of the Puritans uh, used to say, the only good you will ever find in me is Christ. And because of that, we have a desire. You know, Paul said, I have a desire to do what's right, but I find no way to do it. But not but being able not to do it because, to do it because of, the of the continuing presence of, presence of indwelling, indwelling sin. sin. John Owen, John the great Owen, Puritan John great Owen, Puritan one time John said, Owen, one be, time killing said be killing sin, killing sin or, sin, or will sin will be killing you. Be killing you. And, and this is kind of where Paul lives. You know, as we grow and mature in the Christian life, the Christian life growing ever life, closer to Jesus and and, and wanting to be more like him and wanting to please him more, the struggle will become harder and harder as we go along. Uh, in our study on uh, Wednesday study nights on Wednesday of, holiness, of holiness, one of the things that we pointed that out was that, uh, that someone once uh, said someone that the holier, said that the holier a, man becomes, a man becomes, the less holy the less he will perceive, holy himself, he will perceive himself, to himself to be. Because the holier because we the become, holier the more we, become, we grow the closer to Christ, the more we are conformed to the image of Christ, the more we will see our sin that still that still. Indwells us. Indwells us. And 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 Paul, and, and, you know, I am, Paul, so you know, I am so thankful when when thankful. I get to heaven. When I get to heaven. Going, hey, now, now, first of all, I want to see Jesus. But next on the list is Paul. And I'm going to hug Paul, and I'm going to say thank you for Romans chapter 7. Thank you, Paul, that this great apostle is no different than I am. No different than you are. That we all struggle with sin. So in the midst of our struggles, we are sometimes brought to the edge of despair. Have you ever been there as a believer in Christ? Have you ever had a sin that has so gripped? You, so a, you, a temptation, a temptation that you give into, and, and it just causes and, and it you to stop and say, stop and oh, and wretched say, man, oh, what is wrong with what me? Who's going to deliver me from this body of death, as Paul did? But also, but although, although the struggle is real, the struggle and although, is real, although the struggle and although is, the struggle difficult, is difficult, to difficult, to those who are truly born again, we must understand that the outcome is not uncertain. The outcome is glorious because of God. God. Now, one of the things that I believe Paul is trying to point out here in chapter 7 is this. You know, he spent chapters 5 and 6 going through how the law and grace and how those 
uh, are different, but how they work together, about how the law of God points out our sin, the law of God condemns us because we're unable to keep the law of God, but how grace, you know, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And Paul is saying, look, saying, look, keep your eyes, keep your eyes. On him. On him. Keep your eyes on Christ. Keep your eyes on Christ. When I try when to I do try it on my own, when I have own, this particular have sin, this you know, the writer to the Hebrews tells us to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. What is your besetting sin? You have one, by the way. We all do. And Paul and the writer to the Hebrews says, lay it aside, set it aside and move on. And Paul here is saying, look, whenever that comes along and I say, hey, I've got this, I can handle this. Paul says, you're going to fail every time. You're going to fall. Gonna fall. And, gonna I and I think part of what Paul is saying in chapter 7 is stop looking to yourself. Start looking to Christ. Get your eyes off of you and look at Christ. I'm no match. I'm no match. For the world, the flesh, and the, the devil. World, the flesh, and the devil. But God is. But God and is. so in Romans so 7, in after, Romans Paul, 7 after, Paul, after Paul, after he has after reached he that has absolute reached low, low point in chapter, point 24, chapter 24, and says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this from body this of death? Body and he answers with a strong and sudden emotion of gratitude in verse 25. He says, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself so serve, the, myself law serve the law of God with my mind, with my but, mind. With my flesh, but with my flesh, I serve the law I of sin. The law of sin. And so Paul, and so Paul, uh, although uh, he was unable to find unable even, to the find even the smallest ground of hope ground of, of victory hope within, of himself, within himself, he knew, he knew that God that was God for him. Was for him. Listen, are Listen, are you a believer this morning in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you placed your faith and your trust in Him? Have you repented of your sin? Place your faith in Christ. Let me ask you a question. Did you know God is for you? God is on your side. God will not God let you ultimately fail. He will not let it happen. And, and that should be and a great comfort, be a to, great us. comfort to us. We have truly we have victory, truly in, victory Jesus. in Jesus. And Paul has said there, uh, do you know uh, that God is for you? God, God has assured every believer victory through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But not just the finished work of Christ. Not just the fact that Christ lived in Christ. Perfect sinless life. And he went to the cross and bore our sins and he became that perfect sacrifice and he satisfied the wrath of God. But today, Paul says, he ever lives to make intercession for us. Charles Spurgeon one time said, No man can do me any truer kindness than to pray for me. You know, as your pastor, you I need you praying pastor, for me every day. For me every day. You know, as your pastor, you, you know, need me praying for you every day. So we need to pray for every for every one of us every day. But I want to tell you something, but folks. Have you, you ever talked about the fact that right now, every day, Christ is praying for you? Jesus is standing before the Father and praying for you and me. Has, has, do you think has, that there's has, ever a prayer that, that Jesus prays that the Father doesn't answer? 
You know, I, 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 I'm comforted by the prayer that Jesus prayed for Peter. He told Peter, he said, Satan has desire to sift you as wheat. Now, the first thing I want you to notice is he says Satan has desired it. So you know what Satan had to do? He had to come to Jesus first and said, I want to go after Peter. And he had to get his permission. And then Jesus says, but I prayed for you, Peter, that your faith would not fail. Okay, now here's what's comforting to me. Peter failed, but his faith did not. His faith did not fail. And so Paul here, he says, do you know that we have victory in Christ if you struggle against sin? And I know you do. Then this is what I want you to leave you with at the end of Romans chapter 7. The reason for your struggle is to teach us not to rely on our own abilities because we can't do it. Paul already said back here in chapter 7 and look in verse 18. For I know that Nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. When Paul talks about the flesh, he's not talking about this fleshly body. He's talking about the old person that we used to be, the old man, the one who who I was before I became in Christ. And so the reason for our struggle is to teach us not to rely on ourselves, but to rely on God who raises the dead. I want you to be assured, you to be assured that, God that God has already, has already delivered, you, delivered you and that he will that deliver he you. Will this, this reminds deliver me of what we talked about Wednesday night in our study of holiness. We were talking about how the children of Israel came to the edge of the promised land and how they sent the spies in. And when the spies came back, the 12 spies, only two of them. Joshua and Caleb Joshua said, hey, Caleb let's go said, get hey, it. Let's go what get had it. they failed to understand? To understand? As we talked about, then God did not God say, did go not in there and I will give you the God land. God said, I've God already said, given I've it to you. Go get it. And you and I need and to understand today, to this understand victory in Christ, it's already ours in Christ. It's already ours because of who he is, because of what he's done, not because of who we are or what we do. We are what we do. We need to ask need God to, to forgive ask us to forgive every us. time we every make our salvation make about our us. Salvation about us. And understand that it's and about him. That it's about him. And so, and so, God says, God says, I have already have done this. And this is something this. I want us to see that there, there, there are three tenses to our salvation. To our salvation. We have been saved. We, we are being saved. We will be saved. We will be saved. Now I'll never forget now, as, a, as a younger Christian when I first realized this, when this truth came to light in my heart and my mind that I have been saved. I am being saved, and I will be saved. And I said, What in the world is that? And as I begin to study the scriptures, we need to understand the deliverance from sin provided for us by God through Jesus Christ is in these three stages. And the first is the deliverance that I have been saved from the penalty of sin. Every one of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us have are born into this world enemies of God. We abide under the wrath of God. We deserve the wrath of God. We deserve to die die. 
For the wages of the sin wages is death, of sin and we deserve death, that, we deserve because that. we are guilty because of high treason against the king of the universe. And the death sentence has been laid upon us. But there on the cross, we need to understand that we have been saved from the judgment of God. We have been saved from the wrath of God. There on that cross, Jesus Christ bore the full wrath of God. You know what that means? You know what that means? There's not any left for me. There's not any left for me. There's not any left. There's not any left. Because Jesus poured all. But but I want to tell you something. This is not the deliverance Paul's talking about in chapter verse 25. Okay? Okay. We're going to get to that in a minute. But here we need to understand that the deliverance that Paul is talking about, upon which Christ gives us, is a further deliverance. And if we are a believer in Christ, we need to understand that we have been delivered from the penalty of our sin. We are guilty of transgressing God's law. We deserve it. Jesus went to the cross. He bore on our behalf the penal substitutionary death of Christ. I want to tell you one of the most important things we can ever understand about the gospel is summed up in one word. Substitute. 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 Because you realize that when Jesus hung on that cross, when he bore the sin of the world, when he suffered the full wrath of God, that deserved to be you and me. But Jesus took our place. Jesus took our place. And he there, and he there and it says that God says made that him God made no, him no sin to be sin for us. Sin for us. But let me ask you something. Ask have you, something. you been delivered you from been the penalty of your sin? Have you been delivered from that? There's only one way, and that is through belief and being in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Remember what I said last week? There's sometimes in the Bible there are very unfortunate chapters. Breaks. Chapter breaks. And this is one of them and right here from chapter right 7 into chapter 8. Go back to chapter 7 and look at and let's read this the way Paul wrote it. Look at verse, um, Look at verse um, 21. 21. Paul says, so I find says, it to so be a law that, that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin He can Condemn sin in the flesh. Now I want to warn you. When we reach the summit of that mountain, which is Romans chapter 8, there are 39 verses, and you're probably going to hear 39 sermons. 
But Paul is saying, look, Jesus came and did for us. There in in Romans 8, verse 3 says, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. Now, he's not talking about the law being weak. He's talking about me being weak. The problem is not the law of God. The problem is me and you. And, you, and, and so Paul and, and says, so, Paul so says, I ask you again so this morning, you have, again you this morning have you been delivered? Have you been saved from the penalty of your sin? Can you say, I know that I stand here in the righteousness of Christ and my sin is gone? I pray that every one of us here can do that. Jesus made the payment for our transgressions and the payment was death. Death. I wonder what it was like like in heaven, in heaven. As Jesus Jesus hung hung on that cross cross for six hours one Friday, Friday. and for all of heaven to hear him say, say, my God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken forsaken me? Because you see, because you see, when he made when him, he who, made knew him no who knew no sin to become sin, to become sin, God the Father had to God turn away from him. Turn away you know, it's the only time you know, in all of eternity all that has ever happened. That has ever happened. It's the only time it ever will it's happen. The only time it ever will happen. And I cannot imagine, I cannot but, imagine you know, in, but in the garden, in the garden when Jesus went in there and he prayed, he said, Father, I pray if there be your will, let this cup pass from me. He wasn't talking about that cross. He wasn't talking about the physical aspects as terrible as that was. He was talking about the fact that the sin of the world was going to be laid on him and that he was going to be separate from his father. Because that's what sin does. And so there, Jesus took our place. You know, people have this idea that hell is a place where there is no God. True. True. Hell is a place where there is no grace. Where there is no grace. Where there is no forgiveness, where there is no mercy, where there is no mercy. But I can assure you, but I can assure God you, will, God be there. will be there. And we need to understand that we have been. That is the penalty: is to be eternal death separated from God. So we have been delivered from death's penalty, from sin's penalty, and we are being delivered from sin's power. Now, our whole premise on Wednesday nights and talking about sanctification or holiness, that's what this is about. Being saved from the power of sin. And it comes down to this. Paul says that I have to be saved and be delivered from the penalty of sin. And then from that point on in the sanctification process, I should hate my sin more today than I did yesterday. And I should hate it more tomorrow than I do today. That's part of the growth process. We are delivered. We from the constant from the defeat constant by defeat sin and our struggles our day, struggles by, day, day by, by day by day. Listen, I believe that if you show a person who, who claims to be a, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and there is a particular sin in their life today and that sin is still a problem in their life 10 years from now, there's a problem somewhere. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to struggle with it, but I have found that we have our pet sins and we like to literally do that. We like to pet that sin. You know, we go to God you know, we go to and God we confess our we sins, confess but we kind of shove that one under the rug. That one under the rug. Like God can't like see it. God can't see you it. ever thought about that? You ever thought about we, that? Have you ever thought we about the fact that many times that we, many go times we go to God and we try to hide things from God? 
This is the one who knows the end from the beginning. This is the one who is who knows everything that there is to know or ever will be to know. So how does this present this present deliverance work out in our lives? Because we are sinners, we will continue to sin throughout our life. But the Christian life will always be a struggle. A struggle. In the book of Job. In the book of Job. God calls Job a righteous man. man. You know, in the book of Jude, it calls calls, Lot uh, Lot a righteous man. man. And yet Job, Job, let me read to you what Job says says about himself. himself. In Job chapter, chapter, let me see here, chapter 42, verse 5 and 6, he says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Job says, therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. I think, I believe one of the main problems in the modern church today, all across, especially America, America, America is this right here. This right we here. don't we remember don't or, we remember, knew, or we never knew who God is. Who God is. We think that we can we come in, worship God, in, any, way worship God please, any way we please. As long as it makes you as feel good, you do, it. good you do it. And Job, here and he Job, is, he uh, is, a man that God has called a righteous man. Job is going through intense suffering. He has lost everything in his life except his life. Except his life. And Job doesn't understand Job what's doesn't going understand on. What's Job was cried out to God. Out but to even God. in the midst but of that, Job, Job says, you know what? Says, you know I, despise what? Myself. I despise myself. Because I know because who I, I know really am. Throughout really Scripture, am. we Throughout find scripture, that the totally godly are always are conscious, always of, conscious their of their sin. One of the most beautiful pictures of that. pictures of that. Is the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter in 6. Isaiah chapter Here's six. this man Here's called of God to be a prophet. He finds himself with this vision of the throne room of God. And you would think you seeing would these think seraphim, these, these, these angelic beings. By the way, have you ever noticed way, that angels in the Bible look nothing like angels on TV? Angels on TV. Have eyes full of eyes everywhere, all these wings, six wings, and they're constantly crying out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And if you ever notice, if you go to chapter 6, they don't say that to God. They say it to each other. They say it to each other. Holy, 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 reminding each other constantly. And here's Isaiah with this beautiful vision. He sees the throne of God, this this rainbow of colors and this just magnificent vision of the throne of God. And there's only one thing that Isaiah saw. His own sin. His own sin. Woe is me. Woe is me. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. As Isaiah stood there in that throne room upon this magnificent vision, all he saw was, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I don't deserve to be here. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I will tell you, the more that you stand close to God, the more your sin will be evident to you. But there's wonderful but news. There's wonderful news. We're sinners. We're sinners. Do you know who Jesus came you know to who save? Jesus came to save. He came to save sinners. He came to save sinners. And that who we are. And that who we as, are. Paul says, as Paul says. Uh, 
Jesus came Jesus to save came sinners, to of, save whom sinners of whom I am foremost, or who I am chief. And I said last Sunday, we could all say that. We could all say, I am the chief of sinners. And there's many times I have felt like I am the chief of sinners. But it's because Jesus has saved us from sin's penalty, and that he is saving us from sin's power, that we struggle with it. The struggle with our sin is the evidence of our true faith in Christ. And it's because he is saving us that we can be assured of final victory. Victory. It's not because it's not I am because struggling I am with it. It's not because it. it's I, not because I am trying my best to overcome my sin. It's because Christ promised that it will be overcome. It's because we have because victory we have in Him. Victory in we are not going to have victory in Christ. We already have we victory, already in Christ. Have victory in Christ. That's the whole thing That's that Paul is getting at here. He's trying to point us towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. We are assured, we are assured of, victory of victory because of because Jesus. Of and Jesus. then we see that Paul talks that about Paul that we have the deliverance have from sin's presence. presence. This is what I think this Paul is talking about in verse 25. He's talking about a yet future thing. It's what, you know, I say yet future, you know, there's an there's old saying about a lot of things in the Bible, and it's the already but not yet. In other words, it's already there, but not yet. You understand what I'm saying there? And I think that's what Paul talking about. This is, about. this is the deliverance that Paul is talking about in verse 25 of chapter 7. Uh, remember that Paul had been describing his present struggle against sin, emphasizing that we can never hope to be entirely free of this struggle in this life. We will continue this struggle throughout our entire lives until we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul had done what every single person on earth must must do before they can be saved. He had come to the end of himself. Have you come to the end of yourself? Have you come to the place where you cried out and said, Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, wretched woman that I am. What am I going to do? Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? Many people ask that question, but they don't go on to verse 25. And they don't say, but thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. We will one day we be saved day from be the very presence of sin. John MacArthur likes John to point MacArthur out how he says, you know, I can't says, wait to get to heaven. But when I get to heaven, he said, it's not the streets of gold that are going to fascinate me. It's not the walls not the of Jasper and the pearly gates and all that. He said, you know what I look forward to most in heaven? No sin. No sin. No sin. No sin. Don't you long? Don't you long? To be in a to state where there is no sin. There is no sin. When, I think about when I think about the fact that the, fact that the most eloquent, beautiful prayer I can pray is tainted by sin. The most wonderful, and I know there's been a lot, the most wonderful sermon I can preach is tainted with sin. Is tainted with sin. Everything I do is tainted with sin. Everything I do for God is tainted with sin. Do you long for the day when it will just be pure? It will just be pure. Our obedience, our, our obedience, worship, our worship, in no way in tainted, no way by, tainted sin. by sin. That's what we look forward That's what to. We look forward to. Paul had come, Paul to, the had come himself, to the end of himself, and he says, and he says, "Who will, who 
rescue me? Rescue me. Who will rescue me? Rescue me. And he says, thanks thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. The deliverance that Paul is looking for here is specifically the the final deliverance from the very presence of sin. He has been saved, he is being saved, and he will be saved. But until that final day of deliverance, it is the continuing responsibility that we have to continue to fight. To continue to fight. We can never come to a place to where I stand back and say, you know what, I've been fighting this fight against sin and I keep losing, I keep losing, I keep failing, I keep, I give up. You know, I'll never forget a friend of mine, very dear friend of mine, several years ago, goes to a different denomination. He called me one Sunday afternoon. He said, I want you to know, he said, my pastor said something this morning that changed my life. He said, it just come. He said, I have never been so joy-filled in my life as I am after learning. This truth, and I said, Well, what is it? And he said, That I'm a sinner, and I might as well just quit fighting it and just give in. That's what he said. And as far as I know, to this day, he still lives by that. He said that the preacher told him, There's no point in fighting this because you're going to lose. I want to tell you something, folks. That has the smell of smoke on it because it comes from the pit of hell. From the pit of hell. We must continue to fight, but we do not fight in our own strength or in our own power. We fight in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And although much of what Paul has written here in Romans, especially in chapter 7, sounds very discouraging, but it's not discouraging at all. Because you see, what Paul has done here, he has pointed to you and I, and he has said, listen, you you have sinned. sinned. You will struggle with that sin. sin. And you will continue continue to fail time time after time after time time until until you look to Christ. Christ. Until you look to him. Until you look to him. Did you know? Did you know? There's only been two men who've ever lived. lived. Did you know that? There's only two men who've ever actually lived. And when I say lived, I mean actually be alive in the sense that they knew what it was like to be without sin. And that was Adam and Christ. Paul's already talked about this. About the first Adam and the last Adam. Now we know what happened to the first Adam. He was tempted. He was tempted. He gave in, he gave and all in, of mankind all was plunged mankind into death because of it. But we also know what happened with the second Adam. With the second Adam, he was tempted. He was tempted. But he said. But he said, "It is written. It is written." Now you know now, the first Adam. Know the first Adam. That's all he had to say. That's all he had to say. It is written. It is written. When, when, Satan said, when, when Satan said, did God, did really, God say? really say? By the way, you know Satan way, still uses, you know, that, Satan strategy still uses that strategy today. Just, quest, just, just cast, cast doubt just upon, cast the, doubt word of upon God. the word of God. But Jesus, but Jesus, he overcame. He overcame. And as a result, as a result he is truly, he is our, truly advocate. our advocate. We can be encouraged because the ultimate victory victory over sin is certain. certain. Look at uh, at chapter Uh, 5. Look at chapter 5. 
Romans chapter 5, look at verse 20 and 21. Paul says, now the law came... In, the law came in, in to increase in the, to trespass, increase the trespass, but where sin but increased, where sin grace, grace abounded grace all the more. All so, the more. That, so that as sin as reigned sin in death, reigned grace, in death grace, grace also might also reign through righteousness, reign leading, righteousness leading to, eternal, to life. eternal life. Now, I would submit now, to would you submit that to you there are a, a great a, a many great preachers many and believers out there who out read that verse read just that like verse I just like read it. I just read it. And they forget and the they very, forget last, few the very last few words. Through, Through Jesus, Jesus Christ, our, Christ Lord. our Lord. Paul says Paul this is the key. This, this is, is key. why he can this say in Romans 8.1, there, there, there is therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation to, those who, to are those who are in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. In That's Christ. the only place That's that it works. That it works. So, in, in so order for any believer to ultimately fail, you understand, and I know that there are, I have, I have a cousin who's pastor of a different denomination who we've argued more times than I can count about the fact that a believer can lose his salvation or not. And I want to tell you something, for me to fail, Christ would have to fail. Christ would have to fail. That's, it's, just that it's just that simple. If I can lose, it, I can lose then it, then he's not strong enough to hold it. And if he's not strong enough to hold it, he's not God. He's not God. It's the very it's knowledge the very of final knowledge victory of final that, allow, victory that, allows, that allows, allows us to continue, us to, continue to, fight. to fight. Knowing <laughs> that, he has, that said, he has said, when Paul said in Philippians 1.6, he says, I am confident. Confident. Of this, very, of this thing. very thing. Now, Paul is very, now, Paul specific, is very about specific about the words he uses there. I am confident about this very thing that he who that began he a good work in you will complete it. Complete it. Apart from Christ, Apart none of us can prevail for even a moment. Apart from Christ, we will fail each and every time. But united to him, Paul spent a lot of times in Romans 5 and 6 talking about our union with Christ and how important that is. Because being united to Christ, not only can we win, not only can we overcome our sin, we will. We will. There is no doubt. There is, there is no, no doubt. question. There is no question. We need to remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. He says, he says, no temptation no is overtaking you. Is overtaking you. That, is not that is common not to man. Common to man. Okay? Now, sometimes I find it interesting. It's almost it, like it's when the scriptures, like when were, the written, scriptures were written that God knew that what we God would do. Knew what we would do. You understand that? You understand that? Because I have because heard people have say, heard people I, have say myself, I have said myself. I have given in to some temptation, to some sin, and say, well, you say, just well, don't understand that. Nobody's ever been nobody's faced with it like I was. Paul says, Paul says, no temptation is no overtaking you that is not common to all men. Okay? Okay. Listen, if you have, Listen, a, pen if you have a pen or a highlighter, underline the next three words. The next three words. God, God is, is faithful. faithful. 
Paul didn't say, Paul didn't but, say you be faithful. but you be faithful. He said, God, he said, God is, faithful. is faithful. And he will and not he let will you be tempted beyond be your tempted ability. Beyond your but ability. with the temptation with will the also temptation provide, the, also way of provide the way of escape that you may be that able may be to able endure it. Endure it. But again, but again, who is doing who this? Is who is giving this? me the who victory? Who is it that's helping me overcome? It's God that is faithful. Are you always faithful to God? Faithful to God. Would you tempt it? Would, would, you, you, be, tempted, would uh, you be tempted to say tempted that to you say are probably you unfaithful are probably to God unfaithful more than you're faithful? More than you're faithful. But God says. But Paul says. God, God is faithful. Is faithful. Not God will be faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. And so we look in Romans chapter 7 and we go through all of this and say, you know what, here's the things I know I should do and I find no way to do it. Here's what I know I shouldn't do, but I keep doing it. I keep doing it. And we need to come to the end of ourselves where we say, oh, wretched man that I am. I had a preacher friend who preacher friend fell who into a great sin, and, a I'll, great never sin, and I'll never forget. He told me, he said, you know the thing I don't understand? He said, why didn't God just kill me? Why didn't God just kill me? He said, I can't figure, he said, that, I can't out. figure that out. Until I realized, Until I realized God, is faithful. God is faithful. And God does not cast us aside because of our sin. He makes a way. He makes a way. And so we look at Paul here. Here in chapter 7, you realize what Paul is doing. He's preaching the gospel. preaching the gospel. What I should be, but I'm not. Here's what I want to be, but I'm not. Here's what I don't want to be, but that's what I am. Here's what I don't want to do, but that's what I do. And Paul says, I have found that I have nowhere to turn. nowhere to turn. Except, to, except Christ. to Christ. But thanks be to, God, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, Jesus our, Christ Lord. our Lord. He says, so then he I says, myself so serve the law of God with my mind. Paul says, in my mind, says, I want to do, right. do what's right. I want to please God. To please he God. says, but I find says, with my I flesh, with I, my serve flesh the law of I serve the law of sin. That's both terrible and encouraging all at the same time. Do you have a desire have a to please God? To please you know, God. I, I haven't said I, this in quite some time. I used to say it all the time, so I'm going to remind you of it. Do you have a desire to be holy? To be holy. Do you have a desire to live a life that is pleasing to God? If not, if not, you need to be saved. You need to be saved. Just that simple. Just that simple. Because when a person, because gets, when saved, a person gets saved, the Spirit of God comes, to dwell, comes to dwell in them. The Spirit of God, the Spirit is, God, of God is God. And He has only one, desire. Has only one desire. And that is that I be holy. And that is that I be holy. And so if you have no so desire to be holy, no that means holy, that there's no Holy Spirit there to make you holy. And, 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 I, you know, and, and I look and at it and I, I realize that I fail God every day. I sin against God every day. But like Paul, I need to, I, I need to stop saying, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, how can I overcome this? And just simply say, thanks be to God for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. When was the last time? When was the last time you you 
fell to your knees and said, Lord, thank you. Thank you that I will never suffer the penalty of my sin because of Christ. When was the last time you got on your knees and said, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that in this battle, in this struggle with sin, I will overcome because of Christ. Because of Christ. And we need to fall on and our knees and say, Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, that, the day, you, Father, will that come. the day will come. Let me jump ahead here right quick. Here right quick. Look again in Romans Look chapter again, 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 29 and 30. 29 and 30. Some of the greatest, most beautiful, greatest, verses, most found beautiful in the Bible. verses found in the Bible. For those For whom those he foreknow, he, he also predestined. predestined. To be conformed to the image of his son. You know what Paul's saying right there? He's saying that God has determined that I will be conformed to the image of his son. It's not that God's going to say, you know what, I'm going to do my best to get him there. I'm going to really try to get him there. He's saying, I will be. In verse 30, and to those whom he predestined, he also called. To those he called, he also justified. To those he justified, he also glorified. Now, do you see the beautiful thing about those verses? They're all in the past tense. He does not say, and to those whom he will predestine, he will call. And to those who he will call, he will justify. And to those who he will justify, he will glorify. That's not what he says. He says it's already done. He says it's already done. But why is it already but done? Why is it already done? Because, because of Christ. Of Christ. Look to Jesus. Look That's to the Jesus. only place we That's can the look. Only place we can look. What are you looking to this morning for your salvation? Are you looking to your good works? Are you looking to your church membership? Are you looking to your baptism? What are you looking at? What do you... If I came to you and said, are you going to stand in the presence of God and be in heaven for eternity with Him? And if I said, why? What would you give me as the answer? There's only one answer, by the way. There's only one right answer. Because of Christ. Because of Christ. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. And I pray this morning that you can say that very thing. Let's pray. Father, Father, as we come this morning, as we, come this morning we, we recognize, we Father, recognize that we are Father, that we are sinful people. Sinful people. Father, we recognize Father, we that indwelling sin still lives in us, but we thank you. But we thank you. That through the Lord through Jesus the Christ, Lord Father, Jesus we can Christ, say Father, with Paul that with our minds we serve the law of God. Father, I pray for Father, every person that's, for listening, every person right that's listening right now. Father, that you would draw Father, that, that, you one, would whom draw you that one whom you called. That they today would they repent today of their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, that you have saved us from the penalty. That Jesus bore our penalty upon the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Heavenly Father. That you have... That you have Given us your Holy Given Spirit, your Holy Spirit, who enables us, who enables us to daily to overcome daily sin, overcome to daily sin, fight the battle, fight the battle. Father, thank Father, you for your word, you for which your word, you have given us. Father, may we saturate our minds and our hearts and say, like the psalmist, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Father, thank you that the day will come when we will be in your presence and there will be no presence of sin whatsoever. Thank you for the promise that we have of that. Thank you for the victory that we have in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen.
Amen. Let's stand and turn to page 4.